I hope that that video was, uh, was helpful. Uh, if you're like me, if you would have asked me, tell me about the book of Nahum. I went, uh, well, uh, it's in the Old Testament. So really and truly, to be honest with you, I was not very familiar with the book of Nahum. And, um, and so, for that reason, you guys, uh, I think this study is an excellent study because at a young age, you guys are getting familiarized with a lot of, you know, the entire Bible. And the entire Bible is absolutely valuable. And I must admit, a lot of times I'm focusing on the New Testament and I'm not as focused on the Old Testament. But there are so many lessons that we can learn from the Old Testament, and um, and so what a um, what a benefit you guys have to be able to see the Lord Jesus throughout the entire Scripture, not just the New Testament. So, speaking of that, I know that the focus of of the study that you guys have been involved with, with all the people coming, all the different people coming in and teaching uh, for quite some some time now has has been to go through the scripture and to see the Lord Jesus in every book of the Bible. For those of us that have been teaching, that can be difficult in some books. It really can. Uh, but uh, he's in there. There's no doubt about it. And he's in this book as well. And so um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at a single verse in the book that we just got an overview of. And it's a verse that I believe um, is very encouraging for the believer. Especially if we break it down and take a look at it and see exactly what it says. Uh, I think it can be very encouraging for us. One of the things that I think that you guys will find as you continue to grow in Christ and study His Word what you'll find is that there are um, a lot of themes that reoccur throughout the Scripture. And you'll see that there are certain things that are emphasized in the Bible. And, and really what it does is it helps us to learn more about God's character and to learn more about His nature. And so um, if you just take a look at what the world teaches about Jesus, um, you're probably not going to see a complete picture. Well, I'm not going to say, you're not going to see a complete picture of who the Lord Jesus is. And so, this book that we just looked at this overview, it's only three chapters, um, the book itself, what it does is it gives us a glimpse of God's judgment and His vengeance upon wicked and unrighteous people. And so, we see in that book and throughout the Scripture that God is a jealous God. And He has no rivals. There's no equal to God. And He is a jealous God. Another thing about the Lord, and we know that this is true, is that He's slow to anger. He absolutely is patient. And He's merciful. But at the same time, He will judge those 
who do not repent and follow Him. I mean, the message throughout the whole Bible is to repent, to turn away from your sin, and to follow the Lord. And so, this is a reoccurring theme throughout the Scripture uh, is that men are sinners and we need a Savior. And this is the thing about it. God does not ignore sin. You know, He might be merciful, He might be patient, He might be kind, but He does not ignore sin. And we know that God is unchanging. There's several verses of Scripture that talks about the Lord being the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. We change. People change. But God remains constant. And so He's the same today as He was in the Old Testament times that, we're, that you guys have been reading about. Reading about these minor prophets and reading about uh, the history of Israel. So, God has not changed. He is exactly the same today as He was in the Old Testament. So, for those who do not belong to Him, for those people um, that have rebelled against Him, like Assyria, you know, like Nineveh, if you think about it, back uh, a few chapters ago when y'all went through Jonah, what did God do whenever the people repented? What did He do? He spared this same place. He spared Nineveh. But you know, this is a several hundred years later where the generations that came afterwards, they were not following the Lord. So yes, God is patient. And yes, God is merciful. But God will uh, judge. His, he, he'll judge sin. And He does not ignore sin. And so for the people who do not belong to Him, His wrath will be upon them, whether it be a nation as a whole or someone individually. You might know some people that totally rebel against anything spiritual that has anything to do with Christianity. You know, they will be judged. And so God is a just God. And He judges. And this is a side of the Lord that many people don't want to think about. They don't want to talk about it because they just want to say, oh, well, God is love. Well, yes, God is love, but He's just and He will punish sin and the wrath of people who do not belong to, to Him, they, they're going to feel His wrath. Just as this nation felt the wrath, they sowed these seeds of unrighteousness. They were a very... Uh, violent and uh, terrible people. And so God's judgment through the, the prophecy of Nahum, you know, God gave Nahum this vision of what was going to happen. And guess what? It did happen. And so for people who do not know the Lord, when we look at our world today, and if you keep up with the news, and if you watch and see the evil and the corruption that's all around us, Rest assured, these people in these nations, they will be judged. And so, what about those of us who follow Jesus Christ? You know, the ones who've been called out by God and saved by His blood. You know, hopefully the ones that are in this room are 
are individuals which this is something that nobody can do for you, but hopefully you've come to the point in your life to where you've heard the Gospel. You know, it's been presented in this room many times, I'm sure. But you've heard the Gospel and God has opened your eyes and opened your ears and that you've recognized that you're a sinner and you need to save Him. And so that's something that God does by the power of the proclamation, speaking of the Gospel, the Holy Spirit drawing an individual to, to regenerate that person, to make that person alive that was in a, a spiritual condition that was separated from God. So hopefully you are, um, you're in Christ. I'm, I'm going to speak to you tonight as if you know the Lord Jesus Christ for who He is. He's Lord and Savior. So, what about God's people? What about us that are believers? Is trouble going to come our way? Yeah, I see some people nodding their heads. Yes. So, I think it's very important as a Christian that, uh, that we recognize that we will experience trouble and tribulation. There's no question about it. This is not something um, that's just an arbitrary fact about some people who become Christians. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to suffer persecution. And the Bible is very consistent from Genesis to Revelation in making us aware of that fact. So, if we don't focus on who we are in Jesus Christ and the promises that the Lord has made to those of us who are His children, um, we can absolutely easily be discouraged when trouble comes our way. There's no doubt about it. Everybody in this room, you've had trouble in things that occur in your life that, uh, that discourage you that stress you out, that make you worry. And so these are, these are things that are real. And the older you get, guess what? It doesn't quit. You know, you're going to continue to have trouble in your life. Especially if you're a believer. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. Wait, wait. Well, that's just part of it. If you think about the one who we serve, the one who we serve, he suffered, died. He was beaten beyond recognition, and so if we're being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, we we are going to suffer. And so that is a fact that a lot of churches and a lot of preachers are not going to, you know, are not going to share that with you, or they're going to ignore it and act like that part of the Bible does not exist. I'm thankful, and you guys ought to be thankful that that we have a church here that teaches the Word of God and, and is not going to ignore the fact that, yes, Christians do suffer and, and Christians do have trouble. So that brings us to the verse. So out of that whole book, I'm going to focus on one verse. And it's Nahum 1.7. And it says, The Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows them 
that trust in Him. So what a very encouraging verse to take a look at that one verse in the midst of God's judgment and His wrath that's going to come upon this people. God's always had a remnant, just like He had a remnant there in Nineveh. And He, he always has a remnant. So no matter what the circumstances are that you see in the world, God has His people. And so for the believer, we know that God is good. He's good. And so, despite the circumstances that are going on around us, we know that the Lord is sovereign. I'm sure that y'all have heard that word, and I know it's been taught in here, uh, that God is sovereign. That means He's in complete control. So nothing can occur that has not already been through a grid, the grid of what God allows and what He disallows. To me, that verse uh, in Ephesians 1.11, that help, helped me to understand how much God really is in control. Because when, when all things work, we know the verse that says all things work together for the good for those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. You know, that doesn't mean every event is good, but, but God's got to work. He's orchestrating all of our lives. Every event that takes place is under God's control. And so, when it says the Lord is good, the Lord is good. Does that mean that every event is good? No, it doesn't mean every event is good. But we do know this, that the Lord is our refuge. When the trouble comes, and guess what? It is coming. Trouble is coming. So my message for you guys is to first recognize that trouble is coming in your life. You might be in the midst of some trials and trouble right now. There's hardly ever a time when you don't have something that's bothering you. But there is trouble coming. But you know what? The Lord is our safety place. He's the place of safety. He's the refuge and the one who protects us when this trouble comes. And that's what that verse says, that He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And He also, He knows all of those who have put their trust in Him. So God, you know, somebody said this one time, you probably heard this, but has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurred to God? Because He knows all things. So, He knows everyone who knows Him. He knows the ones who have put their trust in Him. And so, He is there to protect us and to comfort us. He has sent us the Holy Spirit. When Christ, before He ascended into heaven, you know, He said, I'm going to send the Comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Where I go, you cannot go. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the One who will give you comfort. You're going to send the One who will not only fill you and seal you by His Spirit, uh, but, but will also protect you and comfort you in times of trouble. So those of us in the room that maybe are older, or even you guys that are young that have experienced some heartache and some trouble, when you call upon the name of the Lord, when you call upon Him, He is there. He never leaves you. He, he will never forsake you. 
So recognizing that trouble is going to come, I think is a very important message uh, in this Old Testament verse and to know that the Lord is the one who we flee to. So as I kind of got to studying this, I was looking at some other verses that kind of uh, speak of this same trouble that we will experience as we live our lives for the Lord. And so one, I'm sure y'all have heard this in 2 Timothy 3.12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And so, you know, you're not going to hear that preached much on TV. Or a lot of churches are probably going to kind of overlook that. But if you try to live your life according to the way God's Word has called you and commanded you to live, then you're going to suffer some persecution. And so, um, not a very encouraging verse. But at the same time, it's, it's evidence. It's evidence of your salvation. If you're being persecuted wrongly, you know, then that's probably evidence that you belong to the Lord. And so you, it's, it's all in how you view what's happened to you and, and what God's ultimate plan is for you. Because you know what He said? He said, He that began a good work in you is going to complete that work. So that work that God started in you when He saved you is the beginning of a work that He ultimately is going to complete. And so throughout that, there's going to be a lot of joy. You know, the Lord wants us to have joy. Jesus Christ Himself said, in this world you will have trouble. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So once we shift our focus in realizing that we are overcomers, not because of what we have done, but because of what the Lord Jesus has done, then then we start to recognize that, okay, it's not about me. It's about Him. It's about what He has done. Speaking of Christ, here in in Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, read it. Study it. Memorize it. That's the Sermon on the Mount. You could camp out in those three chapters for several months, and I promise you it will do you some good. But these are some words from the Lord Jesus Himself. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteous' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So those are the words from the Lord Jesus. In Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then also from the Psalms, uh, Psalm 34, 17-19, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. 
What an encouraging verse. What an encouraging section of Scripture. And then Proverbs 18.10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs unto it or into it and is saved. So all of these verses, and there's many, many more. I just took a sample, a few from the Old Testament, a few from the New Testament, that speaks of the persecution and the trouble that we as believers in Jesus Christ uh, will have to deal with throughout our life. But with that said, I've got a few questions. So the rest of the time that we spend is just going to be some discussion questions. And um, I hope you guys will participate because there's no right or wrong answer. We're just going to kind of ask a few questions based on uh, this short book and this, this short study tonight. But the first question is, how should a Christian react when he or, see, he or she sees corruption and wickedness that is in the world today? So based on what we've just learned, you know, when, when you look out in the world and, and you're a believer and you see corruption and you see turmoil and you see this wickedness that is all around us, how should you react? What should it make you think about? Go ahead, man. Uh, pray that the Lord will overcome the wickedness and that He will shine through with His light. Speak up a little louder. Uh, so I said, uh, pray that the Lord will overcome the wickedness and shine through with His, okay. his light. Very good. What else? Go ahead. I would say this, that would be having in your face, like physically, I would say go and spread the gospel to them. Tell them that, okay. you know, yeah. Absolutely. An opportunity to witness, to share Christ. What else? That He's sovereign over everything, good or bad. Absolutely. He is. And so, should it take us by surprise, you know, based on what we, what we know about the Lord and what we know about sin? Well, that's one thing. We shouldn't be surprised. You know, when we see the corruption and the wickedness that's going on around us, that's the first thing. We shouldn't be surprised. What about judgment? Is God going to judge those people? Yes. And what else? Anything else you can think of? How should, how should we react when we see all this wickedness? Yeah. Continue. Verse 14 says, But after you continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with sacred writings, with the sacred writings, sacred writings, that you're able to make you wise for salvation and your faith in Christ Jesus. I think that's pretty good. Amen. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think that's an important, you know, important point is that. You know, we, we need to be rooted and grounded in the truth of God's Word. And we need to be aware that there is evil in the world and God will judge those people. I think that's an excellent point about sharing the Gospel. I mean, 
you know, that's our job as believers in Jesus Christ to be able to proclaim and to share what God has done for, for us. And so we shouldn't be surprised when we see the corruption that's in the world. What about trouble and trials when they enter into to a Christian's life? You know, how does the Bible tell us how should we respond? Go ahead. We should cling to the Lord. Cling to the Lord. Absolutely. That's, that's what that verse in Nahum talks about. Him being a strong tower. Him being the protection. What else? How should we respond? That's right. Trusting that the Lord will see us, you know, see us through this. And and having the faith to say, even if you don't, Lord, I still trust you and you're still good. Now the first part of that verse is God's good. I mean, we're in the midst of looking at a whole nation getting ready to be uh, destroyed. And, and in the midst of that, God is good. You know, my wife was telling me I've got a, one of my sisters. I've got three sisters and two brothers. And uh, one of my sisters um, was telling my wife that she's reading through the Bible like a chronological Bible. And uh, she was raised Catholic like, like I was. And uh, she was telling my wife, she's like, I can't believe I'm right. God destroyed whole nations and He killed animals and everything. And I just, I, I, I can't believe, you know. I mean, she's just like blown away at God's judgment, you know, and, and how He's judged. I mean, she's just, she can't believe. And she goes on and on to my wife about it. And, and then she said that her daughter said, oh, you just need to read the New Testament. That was her daughter's advice. I'll oh, just read the New Testament. Don't, you know. And so, but Jenny, my wife, you know, had an opportunity to minister to me and say, well, you know, Janet, God takes sin seriously. And, and all of that is the result of sin. And so God is just. And, and He doesn't, you know. And so it, it's a tough thing as you grow in Christ. You're going to run into that where people are going to say, wait a minute. You know, your God, the one that you serve, what He destroyed whole nations. Every animal, every child, I mean, He just wiped them all out. You know, how can a loving God do that? You're going to get some difficult questions and things like that as you continue to grow in the Lord. But I think back to that question, when, when those troubles and trials come, First of all, I think that we need to recognize that the Bible talks about that. Okay? The Bible says that we're going to suffer persecution. Okay? So the first thing is just being aware of it and not being surprised about it. I think that's important. Uh, I know Joe can tell you, and, and probably every adult in this room, and probably a lot of you guys that one thing that troubles and tribulation and trials produce is they do cause you to cling on the Lord. They cause you to go to that strong tower. They, call, they, they cause you to, to just 
humble yourself before the Lord and, and ask Him for His help. And so that's part of the purpose. When we get complacent in our walk and, and we get complacent with, with things that are going on around us and we're not really having any major things to deal with, you know, that shouldn't, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't cling to the Lord. You know, we should cling to Him every single day. And as you continue to study His Word and to grow in His knowledge, then when these trials come and these, this trouble comes, then you'll know how to respond. And, and you'll be aware. And then the body. That's another thing that I know. I mentioned Joe again, but I know that Joe uh, has experienced the love of the body of Christ coming together as a whole. You know, one of the evidences of our salvation is that we love one another. We, we love each other. And we're not operating separately you know, as Christians. We're all connected one to another by the Holy Spirit and we're part of His body. Christ being the head. Us being part of the church. Not this building, but part of the body of Christ. And so, when, when we go through trouble and trials, then we can ask others to pray for us. I mean, I've got some go-to people that I, that, I, that I call. That I know that if i got something going on, I've got some people that I can say, man, i got this going on. Would you, would you pray? And, and I mean, I want to be one of those people. Because I'm probably not the best in the world at praying for other people. Too selfish. I, I mean, just being honest with you, I'm, I'm more concerned a lot of times about what's going on with me and my family and my situation and my work and my this and my that to, to be concerned or I, I could do a better job of being more concerned about the circle of people around me that are suffering, that are dealing with some difficult situations in difficult circumstances. And so, you know, we learn from one another. You know, when serious situations happen that cause us to go to the Lord and humble ourselves before Him and ask help from Him, then we, we really see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of God's people caring and loving for that individual. And that's something that's pretty awesome. That's something that God really only can show us when we're going through those trials. So it has purpose. You know, we're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ Himself when it comes down to it. And so, when those trials come in a believer's life, think about that. You know, when it comes, how should I respond? Don't be surprised. You know, call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon your brothers and sisters and your pastor to help you. You know, your family. We need each other. You're not, like I said, you're not here on an island by yourself. So the last question I've got here, the last part of that verse in Nahum 1.7 is to is that the Lord knows them that trust in Him. So what does it mean? What does it mean to trust in the Lord? I mean, you could say, oh, I trust in this. But what actually 
does it mean to trust in the Lord? That's good. Yeah, no matter what happens, you're trusting in Him. You know, you're relying on Him. So, so what does it mean to trust in the Lord as far as your salvation is concerned? Whenever, whenever, whenever it says here in Nahum one seven that the Lord knows them that trust in Him, how do you trust in the Lord? What do you do? Giving your body and your mind over to Him. I like that. Really good. Giving your body and your mind to Him. Yeah, that's really good. Everything, you know, giving yourself completely to Him. That's trusting in Him. I like that. Because it's not just your mind, it's your whole body, it's your being, it's your soul, it's everything that, that's made, that you're made up of is to trust in Him. That you're not trusting in anything else. You're not trusting in your education. You're not trusting in your upbringing. You're not trusting in, um, in your own way of thinking based on your experiences and the way that you're raised and, and what you've learned. You trust in the Lord. You put your faith and trust in Him. And that does take humbling yourself. That takes placing yourself and putting and recognizing that you're you're absolutely nothing. And and I think that's part of what the Holy Spirit does when He's working in your heart and He's working in your mind and, and He makes you aware that you're a son. And you know, if you re- if you never recognize that that you're lost and that you're separated from God because of your sin nature, then you'll never be saved. But that's what the Gospel does. The Gospel points out, God's law points out our shortcomings. And so once we realize and and recognize that we are lost and that we need a Savior, and that's really what it means. And the reason I ask that question, trusting in Him is giving your life to Him. Absolutely. Your body and your mind, everything just placing it and saying, Lord, I'm Yours. I'm willing to do whatever You want me to do. You know, I repent of my sin and I need You to save me. And you know, I know you guys have heard the Gospel probably many times in this room. And there's nothing that I can do or say or any of the other leaders can do or say other than proclaim what God's Word says about how to be saved. But if you haven't done that, uh, then I pray that the Holy Spirit convicts you tonight and that you recognize that, that when this trouble does come, because this is the thing about it, whether you're a believer or not a believer, trouble's coming. But for people who do not know Christ, and this whole focus of the study is believers, but for people who do not know the Lord, man, they may not only suffer in this world, but they're going to suffer for eternity and without any possibility of relief. And so 
thank God that we're not on that side of having to experience trouble and tribulation without any hope. Anybody have any questions? Okay, well let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Lord, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. I just thank you for your word. I thank you. I thank you for these students and all that are present tonight. And um, I thank you for their desire to to want to look at your word and to learn more about you. I thank you, Lord, that um, that you are a good God, despite all of the things that we see and hear and all the trouble and the tribulation that we see and the corruption that we see in this world, Lord, we know that You are good. And we know, Lord, that You are in complete control, Lord, as we've talked about tonight. I thank You for these young people that have the desire to want to know You, Lord, and to trust You with all their heart and all their mind and all their soul. Lord, I just pray that You would build them up in You. I pray, Lord, for anyone in this room that has not come to the saving knowledge of the truth that tonight might be the night, Lord, that they would hear the truth and that they would repent, turn away from their sin, Lord, and turn towards the only One, the Lord Jesus Christ, who can save us. So, Lord, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You, Lord, that He is the strong tower that He is the One uh, that is our refuge, Lord. And I thank You how we can see that picture of Christ in this little small book of Nahum and see, Lord, what an encouragement it is to know that You are good and know that, Lord, when that trouble does come, that, Lord, that You are going to watch over us and take care of us. And despite what happens, Lord, we trust that You are going to continue to work in our lives and uh, complete the work that you started even before the foundation of you. So Lord, I thank you for this youth group. I pray, God, that you continue to bless each and every one of them and their families. I pray, Lord, that they would be a testimony for you, Lord, and that they would share with their friends the Gospel and, and what you're doing in their life. Lord, that they would not be ashamed of the Gospel, but instead, that, Lord, that they would be vocal about you and that they would share you uh, with the ones in whom they come into contact with. And we ask these things for Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen.